Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name is Jason Newland and this is Let Me Bore You to Sleep Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. I hope that you are well and everything is going okay. And don't worry, because I won't be doing this all the way through the recording. Unless, of course, you want me to. I'll try to do a deep voice and want me to. I can't really do. I was born under one star. Can't really do uh, deep voices. But quite a high-pitched voice, naturally. So, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the... What day is it today? It is... It's... It's... Uh, Wednesday the 27th of May 2020 So, uh, EOP, hope you're all well, etc. And, let's have a look. Yeah, that's it really. Done a couple of recordings. Well, I've done one today so far. Did a deep sleep whisper one, which I haven't done one of those for a few days. It's just finding the time, not not the time as in. Um, I've got time to do it, but finding the right time slot, because as I was recording it. I could hear the birds just starting to wake up in the trees. But it was at a faint distance as to not disturb the recording, I think. They're a bit more active now. And Horace the Pigeon will, I'm no doubt, make an appearance at some point during this recording. Um, I did, did, a, did, with the Deep Sleep Whisper one, I did some affirmations. I think it's the first time I've done affirmations in the Deep Sleep Whisper. And I did a stress, relaxation for stress and anxiety podcast one yesterday, but it was, I released it literally midnight, I think. So that was about four hours ago. And it was a short, it's about eight minutes, a really short recording. But it was about asking, asking yourself to relax. And just noticing how it feels when you've got your eyes closed. And just, I can't remember what it is I said, but I'd like to like to relax I'd like to relax but at the same time feeling uh, asking in a way that you would ask someone to help you in a way that you would feel really grateful for them helping you but at the same time you also know that they're going to say yes so you're going to get what you want and 
I've had people like that in my life in the past. I suppose I still do have a couple who I could ask for help if I needed. And not have to sort of want... I wouldn't want to ask necessarily, but I kind of think that I would say yes. Which is a much nicer to, to ask someone if you know they're going to say yes than to ask someone that may say no. But it's still better than not asking anyone at all if you need help. Because uh, that's my personal opinion on that particular thing. Yeah. I just remember there's one time I didn't ask for any help. And I was actually working full time. And I'd run out of money. And I started this job in September 2001. And in December, they told me I had to take five days off. For some reason, I'd, take, I'd had, I'd built that much holiday in those few months. It seemed a bit weird, but they said I needed to take those days off before the end of the year. So I said, okay then, okay. So I think I worked the Saturday, and then I had the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday off, and I went back on the Monday. Because I wasn't due to work that sat that following Saturday. Now, I didn't get paid. got paid monthly at the time. I suppose most people do these days. And I... I had... I think about... £1,100 coming into my account on the Friday, which was, I suppose, the last day of the month. No, it wouldn't be the last day of the month, because it was December. Anyway, it was that was the Friday that I got paid. And the I ran out of money, because I'd only been working there, as I said, September, October, November, and I'd I hadn't earned much money. And I hadn't had any bonus yet. Because the bonus was two months behind. Or I didn't start earning bonus probably till November or something. And from the Monday to the Thursday... It's embarrassing, really. Pretty much all I had to eat was a packet of crackers, of cream crackers. I might have had two packets, so I think it was one packet, and a, a jar of jam. That was all I had. And tap water. I might have had some tea bags as well, so it might, I might have also had some tea, but no milk. Just, you know, I had zero money. Zilch. And I'd only just moved to that town, so I didn't know anyone really very well. I didn't definitely didn't know anyone well enough to ask to borrow money. Um, the only people I knew were the people that I was working with, and again, I didn't. I'd only been there a couple of months, so I didn't. I didn't know them. Didn't feel confident enough to say, "Oh, by the way, can you lend me thirty quid so I can get through the next week?" So I just sat in my room. I had this little studio room, studio apartment. It was okay. Not a bad little place. Um, so it's yeah, all self-contained. So I had my bathroom, kitchen, and a room to sleep in, and so way better than anything I'd had previously for the last 
previous 15 years before that, so it was, it was okay. But I just sat there and I just ate my crack, my crackers and, and jam. And that's pretty much all I had for, for three, four days. Tuesday, I'm going to third, yeah. And then on Friday morning, I went and got the money and I, I think I probably went to McDonald's and ate as much as I could. It's really weird. Like, I could have phoned my dad and said, look, can you help me? But I didn't. And he lived in the next town. He would have driven. He would have driven up to sort of get, you know, whether even if it was just to give me some food, he might not give me any money, but he definitely would have turned up and with food. And if I'd have phoned him or my stepmom, I, I could have found out my friend in London said, "Look, help me, please." He would have helped me out. He'd have sent me money, but I just didn't. I don't know if it's a pride thing or I think it was more embarrassment. I think I was embarrassed. And there's a part of me wanted to see if I could do it, if I could if I could really go without eating. I, I had something to eat. I mean, I had, as I said, I had the, the crackers. <laughs> crackers and jam. And a grumbling stomach and I slept a lot. Really weird, very strange few days. And I read the meaning is it the meaning of life? Um, it's a really, really famous book. I've got it over there on the shop, on the shop, on the shelf. Um, yeah, I think it's the meaning of life. It was written by a psychiatrist who was in the uh, prisoner war camp thing um, during the Second World War. And it was just really weird that I was reading that at the same time that he was talking about going through starvation and not having, only having like one bit of bread a day. I'm not comparing myself to what they went through at all. Don't don't think I am, but just, it was quite weird that I had like a tiny little, um, I don't know, I suppose it's like read, it's like watching, no, it's nothing like that, is it? I was gonna say watching Waterworld um, whilst sitting in a swimming pool, but it's not the same. I'm just saying it's reading a book about hunger and being really, really hungry at the same time is is very strange. But it was a, such an amazing book, and uh, it's, it talks about his, his logotherapy, which he kind of created. It's all about being appreciative of what you got and. Um, being positive, I guess, that things will be okay. And yeah, and I have no idea how I got onto that subject. And I'm trying to move on to something different as soon as I can. What was his name? Not Klatz, Platz. Is it Man's Search for Meaning? Man's search for meaning. Anyway, it's it's a really great book. I'd recommend anyone to read it. That would be, it's yeah, it's just uh, on a different level to. I think what was useful is like I was feeling sorry for myself because I just had that little jar of jam and well, actually it was a huge jar of jam. It was actually the size of a size of a small child it was massive and the crackers I mean it was it was about 600 crackers but if we forget that bit it's a little tiny you know 
It sounds better. I just crackers and a little jar of jam. And well, no, it was just a little jar of jam. What well, normal size jar and crackers. But I couldn't feel sorry for myself because I was reading this book about these these atrocities and about how people were going through such a you know like the worst possible time that anyone could ever go through. And it just seemed really weird to be sort of doing those two things at the same time. Because back then I had a big library of books. Lots and lots of psychotherapy books and hypnosis books. Loads and loads. And that's before I even even considered becoming a counsellor. I was just really interested in the subject. Weird, innit? I suppose I thought I'd try and learn, if I could learn something about myself, learn why I'm like I am. But I realise that's never going to happen. I'm never going to know. It's a secret. So yeah, I've no idea how did I get onto this. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better than I did earlier. Oh man, I really didn't feel very good at all. Um, and something dawned on me is I was laying on my bed about nine, half nine. I've been in bed most of the day, just sleeping and, you know, and not sleeping and just laying there. And it dawned on me that I haven't had pretty much any human contact for like a week or something. Like it's, I mean, actually, a conversation in person with a person. And my friend downstairs. Um, we we go take because he's got a dog and I've got Andre. We take them both for a walk and go to the garage and stuff. You know, we keep our distance, of course, but we we do that. And I actually had to phone him. I had to phone him up and ask him to come and see me because I needed to have the human interaction I needed to have um, not physical and but just just to come up we went out for a walk in sort of around the countryside and stuff he's he's far ahead of me because Andre's a slow coach and his dog's a big you know strong fast dog I needed that human contact and it shocked me because I, I like to think of myself as being not so much not human but not needing humans for that not not for contact not for maybe friendship or things like that I don't really So I suppose that's where I'm going, so asking for help. I asked him for help today. I didn't tell him I was asking him for help. But he helped me by spending, we spent about an hour, 40 minutes together. That was enough. Got fed up after that. No, I didn't. But that was enough. We just had a chat. Um, he's Andre's uncle, so, you know, he's they're related. So it's... You know, it's, Andre loves seeing him. And I felt so much better afterwards. I mean, he is like my best friend. So I've, since I've lived here, I've seen him. I don't see him every day. Sometimes I see him every day, like, I mean, before the stuff's going on here. Um, I used to see him. Sometimes every day, sometimes a few times a day, 
sometimes a few times a week, you know, depending on what's going on. And we'd go out and take, take you know, Andre and go for walks and stuff like that, especially in the summer, but all year round, really. And sometimes I don't feel up to going to the, the garage on my own, and uh, I'll ask him to come with me, and sometimes he doesn't feel like, you know, so I'll go with him. Uh, you know, so kind of support each other in that way. But since this old weird stuff that's been going on, uh, self-isolation and the self dis whatever it is, social distancing, I've kind of just left him at the doorstep. Well, not even at the doorstep, he's probably about eight foot away. And... I kind of almost feel like I've abandoned him a little bit because I used to, I support him in certain ways and he supports me. And one of the things I, I do for him is sort of internet stuff because he doesn't have the internet. So I, I help him out with that if he needs to do stuff online. But I've not been able to do that recently. And... He, he helps me with practical stuff. So, trying to think of an example, like putting the punch bag up, um, sorting stuff out, like, you know, if I've, sometimes even when I've lost Andre, I know it sounds weird, but I've lost him in the past, in the flat. And I've like called him up, so I'm panicking, like, I don't know where he is, can you help me? I've always found him, well, clearly he's here, but he just, because he used to have a ferret himself, so he knows what they're like, and they can get in the weirdest places. I mean, he's actually escaped a few times. Not even escaped, just walked out. I've opened the door, talked to someone, said goodbye in the past, and just, uh, well, everything's in the past, isn't it, but close the door and then suddenly I get someone knocking on my door does this little thing belong to you I said no sorry I wouldn't have don't have pets here no I didn't say that oh, I remember I this is weird okay when he was little he's still little isn't he but when he was little 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 little, little really little I couldn't find him could not find him and I was looking everywhere all these little spaces that he used to sleep in and back then he could I had a settee as well this is not under the settee because he and the settee I had or the sofa whatever you want to call it he'd ripped all from underneath and made a little den inside and he also ripped it from the top so he could get in there he basically destroyed that settee that sofa destroyed it he loved it though but it was his and he destroyed anything he went near when he was a baby uh, he just couldn't stop himself he just had to just <laughs> it was funny to watch but he had so much energy doesn't have that energy anymore um, I kind of miss that a little bit I suppose it's a bit like puppies isn't it puppies and kittens they're just they're different to what they are when they get older aren't they just that I mean I've seen kittens literally run around the wall I literally run around or they run up a wall how the hell how does that happen it's almost like defy gravity. I might have made that up. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't find him. And then I found him, and he was in his cage in the, the storage room. Because I used to leave the storage room open at those, those days. But I used to get, get him out of his cage at night in the morning and... He wouldn't go back, there'd be no reason, because he didn't like being in there. Or he'd, he didn't mind, but he, you know, he'd prefer to be out of here. There's more stuff to destroy. 
but I found him and he was fast asleep inside the cage in his hammock. And I started crying. I did. I started crying out of relief because I thought I'd lost my little boy. I was like, whoa. And I was hugging him and just, ah. This is years ago. I just really was like, oh, I thought I'd lost him. I think what made it worse is, well, not worse, but a couple of things happened, is he, his brother died. So he, there was two of them. They both stayed up here for one night. Absolute terrors. Seriously, they didn't keep quiet for one second. Um, I kind of wish I'd kept both of them together because they would have calmed down. I just, after one night, I said, look, you've got to get rid of one of them. Well, you've got to get rid of the other one because I already had Andre who was going to be my boy. I said, I can't have two. It's too much. And... But he, yeah, he, 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 he already had a home to go to anyway, which was already organised. So he went there and apparently died, died after about a month or two. And then Andre got ill and he was having trouble breathing. And I think it was probably about in November, because I got him in September. It was about in November time. And he was like really really struggling to breathe and I thought oh no if he's perhaps that's how the other one died so I thought I was going to lose him so I took him to the vets and the vet the local vet didn't want to see him couldn't see him they wanted this amount of money and just like what I didn't have any money I said, well, can't you just see him and I'll pay instalments or I'll pay you next week. You know, this is, I'm worried about him. They said, no, you can't get seen unless you get, unless you pay. So I actually turned up at the, uh, at the vets. And um, they said, no, you can't be seen unless, I said, so what, are you going to let him die? And I was really, really in their face. You're going to let them die. There's all these people around with their pets. And so you can let this little look at him. You can let him die, eh? And um, she, yeah, they, they weren't, I don't think they liked me after that. Anyway, I'm not, not surprised. But my friend came to my rescue and she paid the, I think it was about £100, £115. And he had a checkup, and he had medication, antibiotics. But it's like, wow, it's like 115 pound for. It's not that he's not worth it, because I'd have given everything. I would give everything to make sure that he was okay. But you know, what I mean, not that much. <laughs> he's worth. A, I think he's worth about 25 pound 53 pence. That's about the limit, I think. But yeah, so that that's so when I, when I thought I'd lost him, it's like oh, after going through that with him. So, and the thing about that is, once he'd had his chest infection, the vet said, "Oh, um, we cross-reference with everyone, so you're never going to be able to get him insured against a chest infection." So, if I got him insured and he had another chest infection, I wouldn't be covered for that. It's like, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Surely. There you go. I seem to find, I don't know, I think it's, I've only been to a few vets, but they, the vets are lovely. The people before you see the vets don't always seem to be as wonderful. And it's just been my experience. It's probably, you know, I'm not going to generalise on that. Just like I'm not going to generalise that all um, doctor's surgeries 
receptionists are rude. Because I'm sure they're not, I'm sure. But I've met a lot that are. And maybe it's part of the job. Maybe they just get so fed up with being around people that are real that they just just start to dislike them. I don't know. But I think they go. To, I think some of them go to training college. Part of the core, you know, to become part of that job is to just talk down and be rude to people. <laughs> not all of them. I'm just, you know. I've not travelled the whole country. I've only, you know, I'm trying to think how many doctor's surgeries I've had, how many different doctors have I had, different places I've been to. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight, nine, probably been to over ten, ten doctor surgeries, probably more. Eleven, trying to just add up twelve. Yeah, probably about fifteen, maybe more different doctors surgeries. Plus all the different doctors I've seen as well. I mean, a doctor's surgery right now, I've been there for 13 years. And I've got through about five or six different doctors. In fact, I don't even have a doctor allocated to me anymore. It's just whoever's available. They've gone really downhill, my doctor's surgery, really. I mean, I don't, don't even like to answer the phone anymore. And the doctor I spoke to, she called me up the other day to check something um, about the prescription. And she said, I said, well, the receptionists don't seem to answer the phone. She said, yeah, it's better just to send them a text, not a text, uh, an email. Okay. Why have a phone then? Why? It's... My 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 sympathies go with the elderly, like the real, like my nan's generation who don't use the internet. Perhaps my nan never used the internet, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in that eighties, nineties, or whatever that wouldn't have any interest in the internet. I'm sure there's lots to do as well, but you know. You know, it just seems a bit, a bit, uh, doesn't seem very fair on them. There's lots of people that don't have access to the internet. Even my friend. You know, not everybody has the money to pay for broadband. Or can, you know, get to the library and at the moment there's no library open. But there's no internet cafes anymore. Uh, that I know of, there used to be, internet cafes used to be big everywhere. Every town had internet cafes. A big, big business. Because the internet was, well, supposed to have been faster, but it was still dial-up, I think. And then I, I guess they did become broadband. and But it was, it was a, a good place to just hang out drink a coffee, have something to eat, and go online. But it's also good for people that didn't have their own internet. People that had to go online and search for jobs, stuff like that, because that's what they had to do. Recordings have been going to be funny, they can't all be funny. <laughs> this is, I don't know what this is. I'm just talking, just talking, just talking about stuff. Yeah, I'm feeling contemplative, 
contemplative. Contemplative? Is that a word? Contemplate. I'm contemplating. I feel complete. What is a word? There's a word that I try and say sometimes when I do a serious recording. And I can never say it. Preposterous. Yeah, preposterous. I still can't say it. Preposterous. 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 I can't say the word. Now, I'm all right with words generally. But preposterous. Preposterous. I just can't. One of those words I can't say. Uh, what other words can't I say? Maximilian, can't say that either. Insidious, can't say that. Righteousness, can't say that. There's lots, you know, it's not a huge amount of words, but there's a few that I struggle with. Algebra, not the word, but the thing. What's that about? I wonder what my life would have been like if I'd actually put some effort into school when I was there. I mean, some effort. I put no effort. I mean, zero. I blame on my English teacher. (laughs) I've mentioned this before very first English lesson in high school and I was really determined I was going to be good I was going to be a good boy and I was going to really give it my best you know and uh, I did some homework handed it in and the teacher said it was rubbish and I decided from then on that was it <laughs> I mean, talk about being a quitter. Wow. And I'm not quite like that these days, but I really, that's it. Nope. And my maths, I I gave maths a go because the maths teacher was lovely, Mr. Johnson. And he was really gentle, like a big fairy bear. And it's your only... Yeah, it was the only teacher outside of the uh, RE teachers, the religious education teachers that I got on with. Got on with all the RE teachers for some reason. There was only two that I had, but I got on really well with both of them. I don't know why. don't get it. But the... Yeah, my maths teacher got ill and left and then we had all these different temporary teachers yeah it didn't quite work out for anyone involved really and then I got moved to the what they classed as the dunces class that's what I used to call it back then or remedial and Kind of, I don't know. I was, I was sort of semi in the the dunces and semi in the middle of the of the grade of the year that I was in. So it's kind of middle with English and um, I just didn't do anything. I didn't put any effort in anything, whether it was woodwork, metalwork, history, English, uh, history, no, uh, geography, uh, te- <laughs> technical drawing. I mean, come on. 
I chose that subject, can you believe? Technical drawing. I thought it was going to be fun. It wasn't. It really wasn't fun. Didn't enjoy that. I did home economics, which was cooking. And no, I didn't enjoy that either. But it was better than being in a classroom. I mean, making cakes and stuff was a heck of a lot nicer than sitting in double maths. Um, yeah. No, I didn't really drama. Okay, I quite liked drama. I did drama as a subject as well. For my well, it would be called GCSEs now, but we didn't have those in them days. It was either CSEs, O levels, and then you could go into A levels in the sixth form if you past your levels I wasn't eligible to do O levels with any subject I was CSE with all my subjects except maths where I was city and guilds I wasn't even city and guilds was it was pretty much not even a real Qualification, not for academic. City and guilds are something that you would get for um, more practical kind of subjects. You know, sort of city and guilds in bricklaying and stuff like that. You know, something that was useful. City and guilds in maths was, I don't think it really meant anything. But I got, I got a U in every single subject, I think, which is unclassified, because I didn't even attempt. Saying that, I think I might have given English a bit of a go. I might have done. Yeah, I might have got an O, but I'm pretty sure I got a U for everything. But there's no way of knowing. All the records were destroyed in the 90s, can you believe? So I went to the school in about 96 to see if they had any of my records and stuff. I said, no, all destroyed. Like, really? I mean, like, Surely, how can that be that a school would destroy all of the academic records of thousands and thousands of pupils over the years? I mean, I don't know how many people in my school, but it was a lot, a lot of kids. I mean, you think about it, there was... Six six forms, six years. First year, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And there is... What was my... Was a, I was in D. Form D, was I? What's the bird... Albatross, not albatross. The they had a name of a bird, which so the 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 letters of the bird, the letters that made up the name of the bird. I think there was five five different classrooms for each year, or maybe six. And each classroom had, what, 20, 25 kids in? 25, 50, 50, about 150 in each year, maybe more. 
maybe maybe less, I don't know. So it's got to be five, six hundred kids in that school, maybe more. Maybe less. Let's say five hundred. Still a few, quite a few people running around and being naughty. But I'm just thinking, because I worked in a club that used to hold 200 people, and that was just in a room, and they were sitting down, that's 200 people. And then I think back to the school field, where, especially in the summer, where all the kids would be on the the field playing football or laying down and stuff. There was a hell of a lot of people there. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of people. So I wonder what it would have been like. I I sometimes think about that. What would it be like if I'd have actually put some effort into school. I mean, drama, I used to get in trouble because I was messing around all the time. I used to like dressing up in women's clothes and um, apparently used to upset the maths teacher. But I just, I just wanted to have some fun. And that's why I chose drama, because I thought it was fun. And in them days, my only way of doing drama, I thought if you did acting, you had to shout, (laughs) which isn't, you know, really the case. I was a very overacting. But here's a weird thing, here's a weird thing, yeah. For my, I think my final exam practical exam with drama is I was with my partner and it went really bad and he he was laughing and messing around and you know it's went really bad I was sort of giving it a go and that was my that was my, you know, I was basically the focus of that thing. And so I didn't do very well. Somebody else had a, they didn't turn up or they were ill. So I stood in and was asked to sort of stand in as their partner in their little play. And they did really well. It went really well. So not necessarily because of me, but it just, I think I had to play a drunk person, which was quite easy for some reason. I must have a secret. I must, but I didn't used to drink. Well, that now either, but... Yeah. I think I had to kind of play a homeless person it was just a bit, um, in them days, crazy would have been called. But of course, we don't use that kind of words now. Yeah. I remember the... What did I do? I had... Oh, it's doing drama. And there's quite a few different, quite a few kids doing it as well. I think what they used to do is put different years together just to make it a bit more interesting. So it didn't used to be just one year. I think, again, I might be making that up. But I fell in love with this girl. 
in drama. She was in the same year as me. I don't know why, I just really liked her. And we were just playing with each other, sort of doing the drama and giggling and laughing. And This would probably be when I was about 14, 13, 14. And I asked her out. I said, do you want to get married? She said, "Uh, no. I'm 14. I said, okay. I said, do you want to go out? Do you want to be my girlfriend? And she said, I'll let you know after half term. So this was on the Friday. We had a whole week off. And then we went back the Monday. So we had a whole week off of school. The longest week of my life. All I could think about was her. All I could think about was her. Honestly, I was in love with her. I decided at that time. And I was writing poems. And, you know, I used to be romantic. I don't have a romantic hair on my head now but I used to be used to really get carried away with it and I couldn't even muster a romantic fart (laughs) that's how romantic I am now (laughs) but I was just totally I was totally totally beside with her because I thought she might like me and having her like me meant that I really liked her even more. And then, I was with my friend, we were walking down the beach, and she walked past me. I said, hello, you right? She said, yeah. And she was with someone. And it was uh, a bloke, he was, and he said, who you are, who you talking to, who you talking to her, he was like, started to square up to me and she said no no he's my friend he's my friend from school and he walked away and then because he was saying what you talked to my girlfriend for and then the following week oh yeah something like that yeah now wait a minute She said no to me, but I still stayed friends with her. And then I saw her during the summer holidays, that's it. And then when we went back to school, this kid, he apologised to me. He said, oh, sorry about that. I didn't know that you was friends with her. Because she still stayed friends with me after she turned me down. And, uh... And he was... He was, uh... He kept he kept getting expelled from lots of different schools. This this kid, he was I quite liked him actually. He was quite funny, but he got expelled from our one as well. He just I don't know. He just <laughs> he was just naughty, really. And Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I've forgotten all about that. I wonder who else I fell in love with when I was there. There was one, but that was... I've talked about her. Who else? No, I can't think of anyone. It was uh, a bit of karma happened. I remember this this kid, he started on me for no reason. And none of my friend stopped him and they both got in trouble. So nothing happened to me, but it's just, I didn't know what he was doing. He just started uh, having a go at me and sort of trying to fight me and stuff. This is in the, the last year of school, the final year, fifth year. And 
not long afterwards, he apparently he's, he got accused of hitting a girl. And I don't know if he did or not, but they all these people were kind of like crowding around and coming into. I don't understand. I was sitting in the in. I was sitting in the in the classroom, and he was at the back of the classroom on his own, and I was sitting in there. Yet no one would come into the room. No one actually come into the classroom and do anything, but they were like talking to him. So. I kind of like, why don't you just come in? And and then at this point we'd not made up because I was never going to forgive him. But he, because we were, I thought we was friends. But um, after school, because he he was enemy number one. Again, I don't know how true it was, but. This girl's boyfriend, who was about five years older, he was like in his twenties. He uh, came and dished out some revenge on my friend who had attacked me, and I just stood there. <laughs> so, if it had been my friend, if it, you know, I would, I would have separate them and sort of got got him off but because I mean, it's, it's terrible isn't it but I just thought ah never mind couldn't happen to a nicer man so it's I know it's not really what karma is but sometimes it's quite funny well it's not it wasn't funny for him he wasn't hurt really, just a bit, a little bit bruised. But hey, if he had done what they said he'd done, then never mind. I think a few bruises is uh, got off lightly. Bless him. That was weird. I thought he was my friend. I think what it was is I used to wind people up without knowing. And then they sort of lose it a little bit. <laughs> but I had friends that were I had I had high friends in low places. So I was not untouchable, but just I don't know, I just had friends that would sort of look out for me. Because I was little, you know, I was really little. I was one of the smallest kids in the school. I think there was people with five years younger than me that were bigger than me. I was only little, I was tiny. You could hardly see me. You needed a microscope. Honestly, the amount of people who used to tread on me. The only good thing about it is when it was really raining, I could get home without getting wet. I could just like walk around raindrops just dodge them <laughs> you just better walk on water it was great oh, wonder if I'm ever going to tell the truth about anything <sighs> so yeah compliment compliment Contemplative mood. I still can't say it. Contemplating. Complentative. Contemplative. Contemplative. Is it contemplative? Yeah, it might be. I've restarted my SoundCloud podcast. So I'm in the middle of... Uh, well, not in the middle, but I'm uploading... The recordings from my main podcasts onto there. I don't know what I miss my I missed I miss SoundCloud because that was the the first podcast that I reached over two hundred thousand with two hundred thousand listens or downloads. So I've just sort of and I've had a few that have been 
over 50, one that was over 100,000. So I kind of, yeah, feel a little bit of loyalty to it. So I've gone back, it's £10 a month uh, subscription and it's unlimited amount of uh, uploads. So there's no limit to how many people can download and stuff like there is with a lot of other podcast hosts. Some of them are ridiculous. Honestly, they they want like $19 or $13, $30 a month. And they're allowing maybe 12 hours a month of, de- of uploads. 12 hours a month. Blimey. That wouldn't even... I mean, I, I sometimes do three, four hours a day. 12 hours a month. If I do these recordings, do one of these a day, they're usually more than an hour, but even a minimum of an hour. I mean, really, really realistically, it's going to be probably 30, 35 hours a month. Just from these, if not more. 35 hours. Hardly any podcasts offer that amount of upload, of storage. Which is why I use Spreaker. Because they have unlimited. I have to pay for it. It should be about 100 and... $120 a month, but they're doing it for me for $73 a month. So I'm getting a good deal, but it may well go up in November, I think it is. So that will be a little bit of a shock to the system, but it's it's only, what, another $40, isn't it? Oh, well. So I'm going to, I'm doing the SoundCloud, and I'm just going to, Upload all my stuff and just just leave it. It's like a separate podcast. Hypnotic Universe, it's called. And I'll just be just upload all my new recordings and just let it just fly on its own. SoundCloud has its own audience as well, which is sort of a different. It's a different thing. It's a useful thing to have. If you know what I mean, a lot, of, a lot of podcast hosts they don't have their own audience. They, they just you host it and then you share your podcast onto iTunes and um, Stitcher and you know all the other different ones. Um, yeah, various different places. But with SoundCloud, of course, you can still share your stuff with different places, but. They've got their own audience. Because it's also a place to go to listen to recordings and podcasts and stuff like that. So I will uh, look into that, I think. I'm going to look... into that and just upload and maybe look at doing some other podcasts, other podcast hosts just to, I suppose it's like spreading spreading my seed <laughs> um, you know the more seed you spread the more chance of something growing isn't it it's I guess from that point of view the more or the more mud you chuck at a wall, the more chance it's going to stick. But I don't like to think of my of my content and my podcast as being like mud. The central heating's come on. I'm not sure why. We shouldn't be coming on, should it? It's not cold. Mind you, if you think about it though, when it's 10 degrees, 10 degrees is not warm. 
who's 10 degrees less, is minus. I think it was 20 degrees yesterday, but going down to 10 degrees at night. So, you think about it, 20 degrees, when it goes down to 10, that's halfway towards minus degrees from 20, isn't it? low energy has been nice and relaxing hopefully maybe not I don't know kind of chilling out I've decided that on Sundays I'm not going to do anything I'm not going to produce any recordings possibly Saturday and Sunday I might have the whole weekend off in the future but definitely at least one day a week I'm not going to do anything to do with this any recordings nothing to do with hypnosis nothing to do with you know probably won't even go on the internet I'll just chill out and watch movies and play with Andre and you know do whatever I want to do so at least one day a week probably Sunday saying that I quite like making recordings especially when I'm in the mood for it I'm kind of thinking yeah I'm in the mood I'm in the mood for it I want to do something yeah we'll see anyway I'm wishing you all the best thank you for listening Remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy. Lots of love.